0: And what if I never actually like made it to semifinals, or what if I never made it to the games? And you have to like put yourself in that position and be like, okay, am I still happy doing this even if I don't succeed at my goals? This is where you're meant to be. Like I know it. I've never. My best there. self is better than every single person who's gonna walk on that platform at night. Gosh, man, that was was a moment that changed my life, man. Work harder than everyone else, and just keep going. Get up and do it again, and again, and again.
1: journey to a better you starts right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Better Than Yesterday podcast. First show of 2023. I hope everyone had an awesome Christmas and New Year's. Felt good to take a little break, but it feels even better to be back on the mic and to be talking to people who are passionate about what they're doing. So, I'm excited for this year, um excited to release this show with Carly Giannotti. She's a CrossFit athlete, a former weightlifter who ended up quitting weightlifting after winning one of the biggest competitions that you could win. So, super interesting to hear her journey in and out of the sport of weightlifting, what she plans on doing in CrossFit, sports psychology, a ton of good stuff that we talk about on the podcast. So, athletes and non-athletes alike, I think you'll get a lot out of this one. I enjoyed it, and uh, without further ado, let's kick off the first podcast of 2023. How's your Saturday going?
0: Yeah, Yeah, we... Uh... We just got back from training a little while ago typically on saturdays like we'll train um after classes happen from like anywhere from like 10 to like three is usually when we get out of there um there's a big group of us that like get together and we all like do one workout together and practice like kind of like the competitive atmosphere a little bit so nice.
1: do you have headphones at all there there's like a little bit of an echo coming in i can hear If you don't, it's not a huge deal, but I can just hear it a little bit, but it's, if you don't have them, it's not. Oh,
0: I, I have like earbuds, but the microphone's broken on them. So probably worse than this. Yeah. Sorry.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No worries. I just wanted to see, I always try to like, if I can improve stuff, I will, but, uh, like obviously we can only control what we can. Yeah. Do you coach CrossFit as well?
0: No, no, I'm not a coach. Um, I actually, so I'm a nanny full time. That's what I do for work. So uh, my training schedule is kind of all over the place, depending on like whatever family I'm working for at the time. Um, Obviously, it's the type of job where like you don't really get to pick your schedule. They kind of like have what they need and you can either take it or leave it. So right now, um, I kind of set my schedule up where I train on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, And then active for, Oh no, sorry. I train Tuesday, Wednesday, active recover, Thursday, and then Friday, Saturday, Sunday, are like my heavier training days. Cause those days I have obviously the weekend off and then Friday is like a half day. So I'm able to kind of balance the week of training with like the week of work
1: that way. Okay. Do you enjoy that?
0: Yes. Yeah. I, uh, I grew up with a bunch of like little cousins. So it kind of always like came natural to me to take care of kids. Um and yeah, the family I work for is actually like super close to the gym, so the commute's really nice. So it works for me. I've um, I've done like some one-on-one sessions, like for, for like Olympic lifting with people when I lived, used to live in New York, but since then, like I haven't really coached that much anymore. So,
1: do you feel like you would ever get into it after you stop competing?
0: Um. Yeah, definitely, like, right now where I'm at in my life, it's hard because I have thought a lot about, like, getting my own one and, like, diving into coaching, Um, but it's really hard to make a living off of just coaching, so the way I look at it is kind of like, if I need to make a certain amount of money, I have to find a job that's full-time, and, like, coaching be extra, so if I were to, like, put everything into coaching, I'd obviously, like, want to coach. Um, But I feel like the hours would would conflict with the other hours of my work. So um, it's kind of difficult for, like, right now where I'm at in my life. Um, But for the future, I definitely could see myself coaching. Um, I'm also the kind of person where it's, like, I enjoy being the athlete right now. So I'm, like, all in on just being an athlete. Um, Not that I don't enjoy coaching and, like, helping people. Um, Just I feel like my role right now fits better to just be an athlete.
1: Yeah. That's always like an interesting conversation too. Um, if you can do both, like if you can do both at a high level, yeah, I don't, I don't know. You don't see a ton who are coaching full-time and who are competing at the games or competing at a really high level. You do see a lot of people who, you know, do personal training on the side and maybe coach a couple of classes here and there, but it's, I mean, it's tough. It's like, I mean, stress on your body, even though, it doesn't feel like stress, but coaching yeah, a class yeah. and leading 10 or yeah. 15 people is tough.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, it's, like, definitely the type of work that you do, too. So, like, for instance, Callista, who I live with, um, she's a coach. And, like, sometimes we'll talk about, like, oh, like, I had a really hard day at work and, like, versus her. And, like, I work really long hours. Like, I'll work nine-and-a-half-hour days and then go to the gym afterwards and, like... I feel fine because all I really did was like take care of a kid and like kind of there's moments in the day where you can like sit down and relax for a little while I take naps and uh, like at the end of the day we'll both feel like the same level of exhaustion whereas like she only works maybe like five hours of coaching classes but that five hours is like you're on your feet the whole time you're talking um, it's kind of like a public performance because you have to be like the best version of yourself and like cheer everyone on. Um, so it definitely is very exhausting to be a CrossFit
1: coach, especially. Yeah, for sure. And like you, I mean, look at Michael Jordan. Like he's not going to be the best basketball coach or Tom Brady's probably not going to be an NFL coach when he's done playing football.
0: Yeah, there's that too, where it's like not everyone who's a good athlete translate to being like a good coach and vice versa. Like you could be a great coach, but maybe like you're a subpar athlete.
1: If you're looking at a coach for yourself, are you looking at somebody who's – really well versed in everything that you're going to be doing like is your crossfit coach better than you at crossfit
0: oh not at all um so my my crossfit coach is uh michael verado he does sports specific power um and it's like remote programming so he's based out of jersey um and i've been working with him like ever since i got into competitive crossfit and um I mean, he works out and he runs a gym based out of Jersey, but I'd say he's definitely more like the coach role than like an athlete. Um, But when I like look for a coach, I'd look for the fact that like he's super educated. He's been in the sport for a long time. um, He's had other athletes that have reached like really great levels. Um, Those are kind of the things that I'd look for in a coach that would matter more to me rather than like, just because you can stand first place on a podium doesn't necessarily mean that like, you would be a great coach. It um, means you're a great athlete, but sometimes you can do both. Sometimes you're more of a coach than an athlete, so it really depends.
1: I think there's more people who are starting to jump at coaching just as CrossFit gets bigger. I think people see an opportunity, and maybe there's some good ones out there, but there's probably a lot of bad ones too. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's hard. It's like, especially you get those people who think like, oh, just because I have my L1, like I'm a great coach. And that really means nothing if you don't have the experience of like years of coaching people and like scaling things for people and like really knowing how to be on the floor and coach.
1: Yeah, I've seen just like, because I always used to recommend like everybody should do CrossFit and uh, just like go to your local CrossFit gym. But the more gyms that I've went to, I've noticed that I probably wouldn't recommend it for certain people or even like you have to make sure you have to go to a couple gyms like try out a couple fundamentals classes at different gyms see how they coach because I mean like CrossFit's hard it's difficult and if you're if you're 50 years old just getting into it and like you don't know anything if you're just getting left behind and people are like oh here's a barbell try a snatch and then you might get get a shoulder injury or get something stupid pop up and you're one of those people who always talk shit on crossfit i think that happens far too frequently
0: i think uh that's definitely where crossfit gets its bad rap from of like having you know people doing these crazy things and like oh like you're working out really intensely and like you don't even know what you're doing and then you get hurt um and that definitely comes from coaching that is like you know they're not really coaching well or they're not really teaching people i mean i've um i've been to gyms before where like there's no such thing as fundamentals or like an on-ramp or anything like you just oh you want to join crossfit just like throw you right into class um so definitely there's gyms out there and coaches out there that like don't know what they're doing
1: so that's why they have that rabdo <laughs> waiver
0: CrossFit on it so.
1: <laughs> how how long have you been doing it specifically
0: so i first started crossfit and i think it was 2018 um i was it was like my 17th birthday It was my first time walking in and uh, i was a gymnast previously like my whole life so i had to stop gymnastics in high school when i was a sophomore i hurt my ankle really badly um and they basically like the doctors told me you can continue um but you need to get like pain shots every week because it's never going to go away um, and at the point I was like, it's not worth it to me. So, um, I stopped gymnastics and I like never really found anything. I think I was like doing kickboxing at the time, but I never found something that like filled that void in me. Um, and then I don't know how I knew what it was, but I like asked my friend, I was like, do you want to like try CrossFit and lifting weights? And like, I had never been even to like an LA fitness or anything like that. Like I'd never lifted a weight in my life. Um, And so I, like, found the nearest gym to where I lived, and I was like, let's try it out. And I went the first day, and, like, I was hooked. Um, I thought it was so cool that, like, you could do handstand walking and stuff because I was a gymnast. So I was like, oh, I could do all this stuff. I'm comfortable with it. Um, I didn't think at the time that, like, the lifting would be what I would be so into. But then I kind of realized, like, oh, wow, like, this is fun too. So from then, I I did CrossFit until about – like 2019, beginning of 2020. And then uh, that's when I switched to lifting and I did Olympic lifting for about eight months and now I'm back to CrossFit since then. So,
1: so you were pretty good right away. Like obviously those, the handstand walks and usually the skills take people a yeah, long time to learn.
0: Weird. Like there was definitely certain movements that like I picked up on right away. Other movements? No, not at all. Um, like to not get them for a long time like ring muscle ups took me a very long time to get um, and like are still a huge weakness for me too. Um, other things like being upside down like yes that was familiar to me so I picked up on it like pretty quickly.
1: I went in my first day and the workout was handstand push-ups and i remembered i could do them all strict just because i had upper body strength but there came a point like halfway through where i would just kick up and then i would fall over because my shoulders were so tired
0: yeah That's, that a lot of like new members where like they can do a strict handstand push-up but like to learn the kip is kind of challenging for them
1: yeah for sure and so let's get into uh, weightlifting because I know like you have a cool backstory getting into that and kind of pushing your way out of that so I'd love to dive into your little eighth month eighth month hiatus from CrossFit and into weightlifting
0: a lot like packed into the short period um so yeah I was doing CrossFit and uh, I like always knew of Olympic lifting as a sport Um, But because I was, like, in a CrossFit space, I never was really exposed to it until people kind of were like, oh, like, you should become a lifter, Carly. Like, you're so strong. I mean, like, within the first year of CrossFit, like, I was already, like, clean and jerking, like, 200 pounds. um, And people were like, you should, like, you should lift. (laughs) Um, So I reached out to, like, the local like, I lived on Long Island. And so, like, the only coach that was really nearby I reached out to him and was like, hey, like, I'm interested in lifting. And uh, he was like, I would love to coach you. Like, I told him what I could snatch and clean and jerk. He was like, you need to get down here now. Like, I with you. Um, but his only condition was that I couldn't do CrossFit while lifting for him. So, at the time, like, I didn't really, like know that there was any other options out there for lifting. I thought that it would be beneficial to like work in person. Like obviously there's remote options, but I didn't know what I was doing and I wanted to like compete and to meet. So um I was like, all right, like let's go head first, stop CrossFit completely. And um, that was in, I don't know what month that it was in, but I just know there was like an eight month period that I like totally gave to lifting. Um, and I did probably about like three local meets. Um, and again, like I knew nothing about the sport. So like my coaches were telling me exactly like what to do, like what to qualify for, what would get me where. And they were like, oh, you like, you can go to nationals. And I was like, oh, like, that's cool. So that was the goal for like the short period of time, um, to put up a total that would qualify me for junior nationals. Um, and it kind of came a point like halfway in between um that like eight month period I kind of started realizing like all right like I'm not super satisfied and happy like at the end of the day like in my training um it just doesn't like give me the same fulfillment that like CrossFit used to so I started missing CrossFit um and I kind of But then I was sort of, like, at a crossroads because I'm like, well, do I stick it out until Nationals? Like, it was still four months away. Um, So do I stick it out or do I just, like, quit now? So I decided that, like, I just wanted to go out to Nationals and, like, have something tangible to, like, be able to look back on and be like, oh, hey, okay, like, this was the part of my journey that was dedicated to lifting, and now I have something, like, to show for it. Um, So, like, leading up to Nationals, like, I knew that I was, like, quitting right after that like I knew that like four months prior um my coaches didn't um because I just thought that it would be better if like they thought that I was all in or like I didn't want them to be like oh well like if you're gonna do that like we're not gonna coach you anymore um so was kind of just like in the back of my head like what I knew what was best for me um and then went out to nationals um I podiumed there I like I won um and I remember my coach actually asking me, he was like, oh, like, how does it feel in the back room? Like, isn't the venue so awesome? And like, how does it feel? And like, I just remember thinking, like, it doesn't even feel like I'm competing right now. <laughs> like, because there's no music on, like, everyone's like super mean to you. Um, Not not mean, but just like, you don't really talk to your competitors the way you would at like a CrossFit competition. Um, Like everyone kind of is like, oh, I know you're my competitor, so I'm just going to like stick to my own corner uh, which was different for me and um so yeah after that I decided to go back to CrossFit and I told my coaches and um at the time like the two national coaches for like the the national teams they were like sending me invites and stuff to go on international teams um and I just like declined all of them and like I just remember my coaches like calling me an idiot and saying like oh like this is a great opportunity like why aren't you taking it Um, basically, like they said, like, you're never going to make it in CrossFit as a big girl. So like, you're built like a lifter, you should like, be a lifter. Um, which like, in their heads, I'm sure is like, they're trying to push me in the direction of like, where they think I'm going to succeed. But like, to hear that is like, terrible. Like, no one wants to hear that. Um, especially when like, I already know for me, like, I'm not happy lifting. So... Um, That was, like, a difficult time kind of, like, transitioning back into CrossFit and, like, letting go of the weightlifting space Um, just because I think it was hard. Like, a lot of people didn't realize, like, why I didn't want to do both Um, because there's so many people that, like, do both lift and, like, are competitive in CrossFit. Um, And it's kind of a combination between, like, I just genuinely didn't like the sport of competing in weightlifting. Um, Like, going to a meet, like, didn't really do anything for me. But at the end of the day it was like the day-to-day training um whereas like i don't know in the crossfit space like i go into the gym every day and i get to work on things that are, are like weaknesses for me and um lifting is like still hard obviously but i think because it always came more natural to me and like it was always my strength um it never really felt the same like oh like i feel super accomplished like i pr to lift um it never felt that good as compared to like five PR, my ring muscle ups, like I'll feel so much better and so much happier than if I ever PR lift. So that's sort of like my journey with lifting and like how I got back to CrossFit
1: now where I'm at. That's super interesting. Do you think if, um, if you would have been able to do both at one point, like say in the beginning, if your coach was like, yeah, we'll do, you know, throw you on two, three days a week and you can do this, see how you like it. Do you think you would have stuck it out longer or it was just like, just not for you totally?
0: Yeah. I've thought about that. Um, actually before. And I think it, I think it probably, I would have stuck with it longer. Um, but at a certain point I probably would have realized like, okay, now I'm doing both. Like, which do I prefer and which do I like more? And I think I'm the kind of athlete where it's hard for me to like, it would be hard for me to do both. Like I'm very much the kind of person that like when I want to do something, I'll like hundred percent go all in. So I think I would be hard like splitting my training up like that. Um, But yeah, I mean, I might've like stuck it out longer and been instead of like eight months, it might've been, you know, like two years that I left it for until I made that realization. But you know, you can't change the past. And, like, now I'm I'm very grateful for the time that I did because I feel like going cold turkey, like, away from CrossFit kind of gave me the shock. Like, oh, like, this isn't really where you belong. Like, you feel better when you're doing CrossFit.
1: It's just so not typical in today's society. Like, you can be successful at one thing right away or you can take a shot at something that you like better that you don't know, like, who knows if you'll ever make the CrossFit games or semifinals or whatever, but you would rather do that than be really good at this one thing right now. I think that's, that's something that's not common in today's society.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a difficult decision to make too, because, um, I mean like I had my coaches like talking to me about like, Oh, like you have serious potential. Like you could actually, like if you put all, all your, cards into this like you could be at the Olympics one day and I remember them telling me this over and over again like why would you throw this away and so I thought about it I sat down and I was like okay like I'm at the Olympics like if I if I choose weightlifting and I go all in and I train for like eight years and I make it there and I go to the Olympics like how would I feel if I were to do that and then I thought about okay now you train CrossFit and like you make it to the games one day And like I put myself in both of those situations um, and I basically realized that like I could be standing on the podium at the Olympics and like I still would not nearly be as happy as if I like just qualified for the games or even if I qualified for a semi like that would make me so much happier and feel like so much more fulfilled than being at the Olympics which is still a very great accomplishment but personally like it's just it wouldn't do it for me like it's not what i want so i think definitely like how you said not heard of a lot um but at the end of the day like you look at it's hard like you look at okay like well what if i don't make it and then and then what do you have you have eight years of your life dedicated to something like okay i'd say i only decided to do lifting because i had this goal of going to the olympics well I spent eight years of my life like being unhappy, and then I didn't even get the end result. Whereas with CrossFit, if I know I can be happy every day, then it doesn't even matter if I make it to the games because those eight years were still very well lived, and I was still very happy in the day to day. So,
1: what would you tell somebody who was in your situation, like looking back on it now? Say somebody's in that situation where they're really good at something, and like their heart's not not in it. How would you kind of talk them? into or like what advice would you give um it's hard you gotta dig deep you gotta shut out what everyone else
0: is telling you and you really have to think about what you want and what would make you happy and like also you have to think about your why like why are you even an athlete why are you even trying to do this um and so i think that kind of would help a person make that decision obviously like no one can make it for you but I would give them, like, I'd give them the strong suggestion to just like really think about what they want, um, and to take the time, and also like not to be scared because I remember being in that position. Um, and I was terrified. I was like, "It's going to be the end of the world if I quit lifting. Like, I'm going to hear it from everyone." And and I did. Like, I had so many people in my DMs being like, "What? Like, what are you doing? Like, why? Like, you should not quit. You should do both at least." Or just people not understanding. Um, and it's very hard, like, to convey that across, especially social media, where like everything's a highlight reel. Um, so to be able to like come out and like try and explain yourself. I don't really think it's possible unless you've also gone through the same situation to really relate. Um, And it also is uncommon, too. Like, most of the time you see people who start CrossFit and then they're like, oh, I really like lifting. And then that's it. And they take off with lifting and they never turn back Um, or vice versa. Like, someone like finds lifting and then they're like oh CrossFit's cool and then they take off with CrossFit you never really see people like jump from one to the other and then back so I think that too is like hard to relate um there's like probably not a ton of athletes out there that have the same story as me yeah Um,
1: I jump from CrossFit to weightlifting and I'm never going back
0: (laughs) that's like that's what you hear all the time it's like that's the story that you hear I mean like so many people have that story but it's
1: not I'll, I'll do CrossFit when I'm done weightlifting competitively I love CrossFit but to to even compete I volunteered at the Green Beret Project Classic last year as a judge and I was just watching these people just sell their soul on the competition floor I'm like I'm never doing this again <laughs> so it's it's kind of funny to hear like your perspective how much you enjoy it and then I'm thinking like you're crazy for liking it like <laughs> not, <laughs> not crazy but like I mean, I love hearing when people are passionate about something. So, like, I mean, especially something as difficult as competing in high-level CrossFit, it just keeps the workouts keep getting longer. They keep getting heavier. They keep getting harder. And it's, like, too... It's
0: accelerating so fast. It's mm-hmm.
1: crazy. And you're, like, probably considered a little bit older in the sport, even though you're still super young.
0: Especially now, yeah. All the 17-, 18-year-olds they're coming in hot and they're like here to stay. So.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's funny. I've been, um, reading a lot, this guy, Robert green, and he talks about, he has a book called the laws of human nature. And I was thinking back to like, when people think they're motivating you by saying you're throwing this away and why aren't you like happy doing this when like, that's not going to motivate you. If you say, Hey, I don't like doing this. The, the, Like, what's that going to do to you? Just saying, oh, you're throwing this away. You should, you should be chasing this thing because you're good at it. Like, that's not going to motivate you anymore when you're already like, hey, I'm not in this.
0: Yeah. And, um, like going back to what you said about like, what would you say to someone who's going through the same situation as I was? Um, you will definitely find the people who are truly in your corner and who truly support you because the ones who are still by your side once you get to the other side of things and are still there to support you even when like you suck at something um that means like so much to me to know like who my people really are um versus like the people who only are going to support me when they see me succeeding at something um like it's really easy to support someone when like you're always winning to get behind the people who are like always standing on the podiums doing things um But, like, to truly care about someone's progress and to, like, be a fan or to even, like, be someone's, like, number one supporter when they are starting from the bottom again, um, that takes a lot to see the potential to even, like, want to support them um, and to be by their side. So, definitely, like, you will find out, like, who is really there for you and, like, who are the people that just care about seeing you succeed.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah, and you I mean you only see one one male, one female win the CrossFit games. So there's uh how many people compete at semifinals? It I know it's a low number, but it's a decent amount of people still. Yeah.
0: So they just kind of changed up the rules this year, but previously it was around like 30 people at each semifinal, so 30 males, 30 females.
1: Yeah, and it, like not every one of them is going to win. So if they're all placing their success on like making it to the games, and people are, you know, just going to support them if they succeed. Most of the people who go to the competitions are going to fail their goal. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not failing. It's um, it's a lot different. Like, even to get there is obviously a huge accomplishment.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's funny. Like, I was just talking to my training partners the other day. And, like, it's amazing how good you have to be just to be mediocre in CrossFit. <laughs> like compared to like the field like obviously like you could be the best in your gym or like the best in your like state even but the way like CrossFit works and like the qualification process is so um like there's only a limited amount of spots so it's such a small sport compared to like obviously like the NFL or anything like that that's like a major sport um so you got to be like really good to to be good.
1: What was the process like getting back into it? So you went eight months just weightlifting. What were the, those first initial couple weeks like or maybe first month or so?
0: So it's funny, actually. Uh, Detroit was like where nationals took place and um, Callista traveled with me. So she was like dropping into a local CrossFit gym to get her training in during that week. So I remember like the day after or I think it might have been like the day of or something that I like went and competed at nationals um I like jumped into a workout with her and I remember like (laughs) literally thinking like oh my god like I don't remember thrusters being this hard or like pull-ups feeling like this so it took a while to like get my cardio back um and a lot of work with like my coach on kind of changing up my programming and kind of like backing off the strength a little bit because I like I always like going to have that going for me. So just more of a focus on cardio and gymnastics and building that back up. Um, but it took a while. Like I'd probably say um, I came back in July and um, by the time the Open came around in February, I, I would say like I felt ready for the Open again. And like I felt like I was feeling like fit and like doing like CrossFit again. Um, it's always hard. Like you don't want to compare yourself to what you used to be. Um, cause you're like a different athlete when you come back, but definitely had a few days where I was like, oh man, like I used to run a mile at this pace and like, now I'm like this much slower. So,
1: yeah, I'm having that same thing, getting back into weightlifting. And I think that's good that you said like comparing yourself to your old self. I you're just not going to be that, especially like if you take a long period of time off and accepting that you're not that anymore and obviously like the longer the longer you take off the longer it's going to take to come back yeah so whatever it is if it's getting into weightlifting or getting into crossfit it's going to take time and it sucks that it does but like there's no there's no shortcut
0: oh yeah there's definitely no shortcut and it's uh it's even the same thing with injuries like when you come back from an injury and you kind of like have to start square one and like build and realize like okay I shouldn't really compare myself to like what I could do before this injury because it happened and like you have to accept it and move on and now it's like okay well now what can I do cuz I can't go back and change the fact that I got injured so
1: do you remember day to day like things that helped you when say you know, you're running two miles or two minutes slower on something, or you're finishing a workout way longer than you're expecting to take? Like, do you remember doing anything specifically that kind of helped you through that time?
0: Um, you
1: just got
0: to be proud of yourself. Like you have to, even though, um, like, let's say, even though you ran the mile two minutes slower, like you have to be proud of yourself and you have to at least find one thing that you truly are proud of. So like, for instance, like for me, if I ran like a mile, two minutes slower, I would say to myself like, okay, well at least you didn't like have to stop running, you know, like at least you ran straight through, at least you're not that unfit. Um, (laughs) You know, like, or like same thing with gymnastics, like I would do a workout and I'd be like, oh, I can only string like three ring muscle ups together. And I used to be able to like string fives and sixes, like it was nothing. And, like, you just have to, like, be proud of the fact that you can do three still, and that, like, it could be worse, and you could, like, do none, and you could have completely lost the ability to do them, or, like, forgot how to do the skill. So, you kind of always have to, like, find something to be proud of yourself, and it's it's hard. Like, I think, I saw this quote somewhere, and it said, comparison is the thief of joy, um, and that really, like, I took that to heart, because... As athletes, I think we compare ourselves all the time. We compare ourselves to us, to other people, other athletes, um, without even realizing it. Like, we all do it. Um, And it really does take any joy that you have away from like the effort that you put in. So, I think we're gonna make comparisons, but you also have to add in, okay, like, well, what can I do? Like, just how you said, like, what are things that I can do to like help me through this? time period
1: yeah and and, like you have to compare yourself because there's a leaderboard somebody's somebody's got to win somebody's got to lose
0: literally like the sport is you're you're trying to be better than someone else so naturally you're going to compare yourself to them
1: yeah so after that like initial couple months where things are things are coming back like how do you feel coming up for this season
0: Good. Yeah. I, um, so last year I did open quarters. Um, and I kind of like didn't have much expectations because I was just coming back. Um, and quarters really like I'd never done quarters before. So it was the first time that I would see my name on that leaderboard. Um, so it was nice to be able to like get an idea of like where my fitness is at and then kind of go from there this season. Um, and uh, everything was like going great. And then I got injured. A couple months ago so kind of just like changing things around altering things um seeing what i can do seeing if there even is a chance of having a season this year um so yeah that's like sort of where i'm at right now with the season coming up
1: yeah it's tough i mean it's good that you even say it because i feel like a lot of people either like just don't compete in the open like they don't say hey i have an injury or you know training's been going back to that highlight reel like I hate Instagram I hate Instagram and uh you you know like everybody puts it puts after the fact like oh I didn't do the open because I was injured
0: yeah I find a lot of times people are scared to talk out about injuries because I don't know why like maybe it's because people like don't want like their competitors to think that like to count them out maybe that's it or just like You know, you don't want to show up to a comp and then, like, have people be like, oh, well, like, we know she's injured or something like that. And I don't know. I think that there's a lot more, like, that could come from speaking out about them. And a lot obviously, like, we're all athletes. We all deal with injuries. So, like, if we could talk about it more and, like, relate to each other or figure out ways to, like, deal with them, um, I think that would probably be, like, way more beneficial than not talking. Um, But you're right. Like, unfortunately, Instagram does just so, like, all the good stuff. Um, so, or, um, like you'll hear like someone like will make a post about like showing up to a comp and like, oh, like, I'm so proud of myself. Like I was dealing with an injury and then like everything went so well and came together and now I podiumed at this comp. When in reality, like a lot of times that's not the situation. A lot of times you have to like pull out of a comp because you're injured and no one posts about that. No one talks about that. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm a big hypocrite right now because I'm doing the Arnold in two months and I took five, six months off of weightlifting completely. So Mm -hmm. things are just not, they're just not where I want them to be. And I'm like, I'm not going to post until the Arnold and we'll see, like, see how I do. (laughs) And then I, I guess it's like a way that you can almost, if you don't do as well, then I can be like, well, see, I like didn't tell anybody. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't really, I just don't enjoy posting my training. I don't know because there's so much that goes into it. And I feel like to post a seven minute or seven second lift, I'm like, this session was two hour, two and a half hours. And like, things weren't feeling good. Maybe my warm ups were off. And to just post like the one good lift that I've reviewed 15 times to make sure it's good enough to post. I'm like, I'm just not going to do it at all.
0: Yeah, it's hard like a lot of people obviously like post their training and they have their own reasons for it. Um personally, like I just like to post stuff um for me like so I can go back and like look at it, like the highlight um the highlights on Instagram where like you can like keep your stories. Um and like I just like to go back and like look at like what I looked like 2 years ago when I used to train and like compared to now and it's fun to see that and that helps too like with how you're saying, like, when, you, when you're when you coming back from an injury or from whatever, like, to look back on where you started. Um, I think, like, I just do it for me. Or even, like, posts. Um, even if it is just, like, a highlight reel in your feed. It's just a bunch of, like, happy moments in your life. Like, it's always fun to go back and be like, oh, I remember this. Or, like, this was a great time. Um, I don't know. It's just a way to, like, have pictures there. Because I, like, take videos of, like, all my workouts. And, like, my camera roll will be, like... <laughs> crazy so like to get rid of some of the stuff in my camera I'll just like put it on Instagram and know that it's always there if I want to look
1: at it what do you look for like say you're filming a workout do you go back and like review how you did and like where you rested where you could have held on to the bar longer is that something that you do
0: yeah so I won't record like every workout but depends like what it is I record a lot of my gymnastics workouts um because that's like somewhere where I need to improve. So I'll like always, like sometimes I'll send stuff to my coach for him to look at and I'll ask like, okay, like how can I improve this? Or other times? Yeah. Like I'll like, it's funny. You don't think you'll like rest that long in a workout and you go back and watch it and you're like, Oh my God, I spent 30 seconds just like staring at the bar, like waiting to jump on it. So um, yeah. Or like even like small movement pattern stuff that like you don't realize like for me, um, a lot of the times, like, I'm like, oh yeah, like I have great form when I deadlift or barbell cycle and like you watch a video of me and like, it's atrocious and you're like, oh, I wouldn't even know that. Cause like, it feels great. So it's hard sometimes to like know what you look like. So I think it helps to record yourself.
1: Yeah. I mean, I know like weightlifting, you kind of have to, it's very hard to, you might feel something and then you look at the video and it's, you didn't do that thing at all that you thought you felt. I don't know, but you can probably go overboard too, where you're just relying on the video too much. I tend to like, I try to, at least I'll record a lift, maybe watch it once, probably not. And then just do the next lift. And then at the end of the session, like I'll go back and kind of look, see, see what things, what they felt like and what they actually looked like. Maybe compare, maybe think, you know, I was doing this right. And then I look at the video and I'm like, no, I wasn't doing that today. But, uh, I think you can go overboard or just, like, you can go underboard as well.
0: Yeah. Like, there's some days, too, where I'll, like, record a whole workout, and then I'll never even watch it because I, like, get home from the gym, and I'm, like, I don't want to relive that workout or, like, I don't want to know what I looked like doing that movement. Um, So, yeah, sometimes there's a lot of videos that just, like, stay there, and then, like, months go by, and I'll go back to, like, oh, like, I forgot. I never even, like, watched this or – whatever so
1: yeah well I'd love to get into so you have a very interesting dynamic in the household um I we talked yesterday there's probably not too many people who have ever competed against their significant other like in their division so uh I kind of love to break down that dynamic
0: yeah it's funny like when you brought it up yesterday it was something that I never really even like thought of um but yeah it is um, a different situation than, like, I mean, you have tons of couples that, like, are a guy and a girl, um, but they're in different divisions, so it's a little different, but, I mean, for us, like, it doesn't feel any different, um, like, the same way that you'd be, like, so happy for your significant other if they had had a success, like, we still very much feel that for each other, regardless of being in the same division, um, and I think it's really only, like, could potentially be an issue. Like if let's say like we were placed at the same semifinal and like, you know, both of us, like we're on that like brink of the line of qualifying versus not qualifying. And like one of us got the last spot and then like the other one was right below it. And I just think the chance of that happening is very slim. Um, so like, it's hard cause you could think of like, oh, what are all the scenarios that could go wrong? But um, even if that were to be the case, um obviously like if you if you, you always like hate the person who like is the last one to qualify above you um but like if it had to be anyone like i'd want it to be her um rather than like another athlete so we really it's kind of like the same as like a friendship like if you were to train with a female training partner and you're best friends with them like you're still very supportive of them and their journey and like you want them to win just as much as you want to win
1: yeah so. I mean, as competitors, like you can, you can say that, but do you actually feel it? Like when it comes down to being on the competition floor and it's like you versus them, I think yeah. like that would get really hard.
0: Yeah. So there's been a couple times, um, where we have actually like competed against each other, been at the same competition. Um, and it's also, uh, it's just, like difficult now just because we both kind of know like the caliber of an athlete that she is, is different than where I'm at right now, um, so it's not like when we show up to a comp together like it's always like okay she's a contender for the podium whereas like okay i'm a contender for like top 10 or top five like we kind of know where we fall into it going into it so that helps um but if it were a situation where like okay now we're both like contenders for the podium and we're both trying to chase the podium um once like the three two one goes um you kind of like put your blinders on and it doesn't matter like who's in the lane next to you while you're doing the work and then regardless, like, whatever happens, like, if you win, they win at the end, whatever the event is, like, still get up, hug them, like, it's, you're so proud of them for whatever their time is, whether they beat you or not, um, and, uh, yeah, I, like, we've never had the situation before where, like, we've both podiumed at the same comp, um, but it, when that does happen, I don't think it would be any different, like, I think we'd both, be happy to like stand next to each other on a podium whether it's like first and third or second third whatever it might be
1: do you think because you like had the experience with weightlifting and like not enjoying it do you think anything you do in CrossFit like you'll just be happy like regardless of if you ever make a semifinal or go to the games like like I'm sure you have big goals in the sport but also like do you just enjoy it that much that it like really doesn't matter anymore
0: no like i'm still very much a competitor and like it's still like really affected me like when i didn't qualify for semis last year like it was devastating for me um first and foremost like i am a competitor in the sport and so when i don't succeed and i don't reach my goals it still hurts and i still hate it um But you also, there's two sides of it and you have to realize like, okay, so what if I wasn't a competitive athlete and what if I was just doing this every day with my life? And what if I never actually like made it to semifinals or what if I never made it to the games and you have to like put yourself in that position and be like, okay, am I still happy doing this? Even if I don't succeed at my goals. Um, And I don't know if everyone else like thinks like that or puts themselves in that situation. Um, or that mindset, but it definitely helps me because I'm still able to have my big goals and like everything that I'm striving for. Um, And it still hurts when you don't achieve them, but it kind of also helps you to be like, okay, like back to the drawing board. I still enjoy what I did. You don't turn around and say that year was a complete waste just because I didn't qualify because you know how much you grew that year and you knew like the work that you put in. Um, and you were proud of yourself every single day, regardless of the fact that you didn't qualify. Um, so, yeah, that's just, like, how I do it.
1: I'm sure that happens further out from competition. So, like, maybe the first the first couple of days, you're probably not feeling too good.
0: Yeah, I think, like, the day that I the day that quarters ended and I like saw where I placed I was like didn't talk for the next two days like went into a depression like and then of course like you get over it and it's really important to like take that time and like take the like mental break from the gym and the physical one too just like get out of the gym like a lot of athletes I think make that mistake of like okay I didn't reach my goal like And their immediate thought is like, I got to get back in the gym right now, tomorrow, like got to start working again, because I failed this year. And I got to like do it next year. Um, And I think a lot of athletes struggle with just taking a break and resetting and thinking like, okay, let me like review what happened this season. Like, what did I do? Where did I grow? Where do I still need to improve? And just like, get out of the gym. Like we're in the gym so much that like, it really takes a toll on your mental health if you don't know how to balance things and know how to like still have fun outside of the gym and still have a life outside of the gym. Like that's something that I definitely learned
1: in the past few years. What do you do? Like, what do you do specifically when you are outside the gym?
0: Um, so like other hobbies, in you mean? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like how do you, I mean, you said it, it's like the thing that you think is the most healthy ends up becoming a detriment to your mental health. Basically yeah. the, the more extreme that you take it.
0: Yeah. So right now I don't have a ton of free time. Like I still am a full-time student online. Um, So I'm in school for sports psychology right now and all my classes are online. So if I'm not in the gym or if I'm not working, most of the time I'm like at my desk doing work for my classes. Um, But if I do have free time, like I really enjoy just being outside. Like I'll go for a walk and the fresh air just like really does make me feel better. Or um, I enjoy like, going on hikes and stuff or even like fun stuff with like family um like I really enjoy spending time with like my family and just making memories with them and or with friends or whatever just could be anything like or I don't know I think a lot of athletes too like because nutrition is such a big part of our life and being an athlete and like I know a lot of people track and I track and so depends really how strict you are um but I love to eat. So like, if I ever like um, at the end of a season and like, I realize okay, I didn't qualify. Like I'll literally, I won't track for like a week, two weeks, however long. And I'll just eat whatever I want. I'll like, go get the cookies that I want, like whatever it is. Um, and I think that really is scary for a lot of people um, because they think like, okay, like I'm giving up on my goals. And it's, it's really not that, like you need to have that reset to be able, like, to want to go back to the gym and to want to get back to your, uh, like, your routine and your normal life.
1: And if you are training at this high level, like, take advantage of all the food that you can eat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of times, like, even for me, like, just training as a recreational athlete and doing a couple fitness hobbies, like, eating cereal for me right now is healthier because, like, I'm getting the. I'm getting more carbs like I wasn't able to get what I needed j- and then I was just feeling like shit because I just wasn't eating enough carbs so like eating a bowl of cereal around training isn't gonna kill you and like that thing that you think is unhealthy could actually like be a little bit good for you maybe it's not it's not the best option but
0: yeah long term no but sugar is definitely an athletes best friend like carbs on carbs <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we uh, we pretty much like we both track, but like our house is filled with like, I mean, a good amount of junk food. Like if you looked in our house, it's like, oh, OK, these people are like pretty fit. They eat healthy. Like there's a lot of protein. And then there's also like Pop-Tarts, candy, like cereal, all that stuff. So you got to have balance. Otherwise, you're going to go crazy.
1: Yeah. I mean, you need it when you're training. How much are you training like a week? How many sessions do you think you do?
0: Um, so prior to like this work schedule that I have now, I used to do like two sessions a day. Um, but because of the work schedule I have now, I'm not really able to do that. So during the week on like my longer work days, I'll just have one session. And then on the weekends, so like Friday, Saturday, Sunday, where I have like my higher volume days, um, technically like it's enough volume where I normally would split it into two sessions. Um, but I just like don't want to have to leave the gym and then come back because it's like a weekend and I'd rather like fit some other stuff in there that's like outside of the gym. Um, so usually those sessions are just like really long, like five hours, five and a half hours because you just like take a break at the gym or you just like kind of get through it and it takes you longer.
1: Yeah. Five and a half hours. Jeez. That's a long time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean to get to the next level like ha- everybody has to do that um i've talked about it with a few people who went to semis like you don't just show up there anymore like no. everybody there has trained they've done the 5 hour days
0: don't qualify by accident so
1: what did you finish in the quarterfinals
0: i think i was like 207 or 208 so okay. they take 120 top 100 yeah yeah so you're so, pretty close mm-hmm. yeah I uh I had like pretty consistent finishes except for one workout and um like I knew that that workout was gonna be terrible for me and I finished it and I knew I did terrible and I like didn't have time to redo it and um it was actually like in the middle of the the weekend so it wasn't even like the last one so it's kind of like mentally difficult to like go back the next day and like even knowing that I probably wasn't going to qualify because of that one bad score. Like you still have to put like 110% into the rest of the weekend. Um, So again, just learning experiences, like knowing what you need to work on, knowing what your strengths are. So
1: yeah, it was your first time doing it. So that that's awesome that you're, I mean, like obviously you're close. It's not like you finished 7,000th and It's like not even a reality, but uh, that's awesome.
0: Yeah, definitely within reach. It uh, changes things up a little bit. This year they're doing, they split, I don't know if you know, but like they split the East and the West. So now there's only going to be like two semifinals. And um, instead of 120 total, they're splitting it to 60 East Coast, 60 West Coast, Um, which definitely sucks if you're an athlete living on the East Coast um, because there's significantly more um competitive athletes living on the east coast of the united states versus the west coast um if you like look up any games athlete and like where they live and train it's probably the east coast so tennessee a little more competitive this year a little different um so
1: we'll see how that pans out this year what do you want to do with sports psychology so um
0: i actually had a family member i didn't even know about the degree or like that it was a career path um, until one of my like cousins just like got signed on by um, an NFL team as the sports psychologist. And I was like, what is that? And he just kind of like talked to me about it. Like, oh yeah, it's this growing career um, that basically like you work one, obviously there's different paths that you could take depending on like what you want to do with it. Um, but for me personally, like I would love to work and have like a private practice and work with athletes. Um growing up as a gymnast, I had a lot of friends that actually like went to sports psychologists and like worked with them on their performance and their mental game. and then like the anxiety that comes with being um an athlete and just yeah like all of that stuff. I think A lot of times, like, we think it's all about the training and all about, like, what you do in the gym, but there's so much more that goes into any sport, not just CrossFit. Um, That's, like, you take an athlete off the field and you're like, okay, well, like, what's going on? Like, why are you having this block? Why aren't you able to perform to your best ability on the field or on the court or in the gym, like, wherever you are, um, whatever sport you play. So that's what I'd like to do with it eventually.
1: Do you feel like you apply a lot of that to your own training? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely,
0: like, a really interesting field to go into just because I am an athlete. So I think a lot of that goes into, um, like, I struggled in school and finding, like, what I wanted to do and, like, if I even want to be in school or, like, what it is that I want to do. Um, and I think that once I found this, it kind of just clicked because I was, like, I'm not always going to be an athlete forever. Like, there is a time limit on this. So once I'm done being competitive in the sport, like – what is going to fill that void and what is going to like still make me feel like i'm doing something with my life and still be able to be in that space that i enjoy so much so i think if i were to able to continue to help athletes perform um i think i like that would probably be what i would be happy doing like once i was done being an athlete
1: that's awesome yeah i think there there is a lot that goes into it that people don't get to see Um, especially, I mean, CrossFit too, like you're having weightlifting, it's an hour and a half you're competing and you got six lifts and it's like not, you don't have a whole lot of chances to do well or screw up. It's just, you get your six lifts on the platform and that's it. But CrossFit, you might have a weekend, 10, 15 events. Mm Mm-hmm. So being able to regulate your emotions up and down, I think I, I don't know if I talked with Callista about that, but like even just kind of go into a semifinal and you in the quarterfinals, you have that workout that doesn't go your way. And it's like, you still have to do the next one. Yep. So that, yeah, I think that's a great field to get into.
0: There's a lot of, uh, components that go into being competitive in a sport other than just like the physical
1: ones. So. Say you're looking back on your career when you're done. What would success look like to you?
0: That's a great question. Um, as an athlete, I think if I were to look back and so I've always (laughs) like said this as far as like retirement goes or like when I'm going to be done competing in CrossFit, um, when I can look back and see like a steady increase in my performance and then, a plateau and then like a, a steady decrease. So like once I'm seeing that steady decrease where I'm no longer performing to the best of my ability anymore, that's when I'll stop. Um, because, and then when I look back on that, whatever my greatest achievement was or whatever my highest like performance was will be like what I view as my biggest success. Um, and of course like the whole journey to get there. Um, cause it's kind of hard. It's like you, you, talk to so many athletes who've been in this sport for like, gosh, like 10, 12 years and like, they still haven't made it yet. And you talk to them and they're just so burnt out and they're like discouraged. And like, I don't know what to do. Do I quit? Do I go another year? Um, and it's like, you could be so close to the games. Like that's, that's the thing with CrossFit is that like you could be at the semifinal level for a long time before you actually qualify and make it to the games. Um, And then of course, like once you get to the games too, like there's so many like games athletes that just will never break the top 10. And they're just always like the bottom of the pack. And so, and they still show up year after year. And you look at that and you're like, why aren't they retired? Or like, aren't they sick of putting in all the work like not to be like top 10 at the games. Um, And so everyone I think has different goals and different views of what success in their career looks like for them. But I know like regardless Of qualifying for the games or not um I'll give myself like however long it takes for me to reach my full potential
1: yeah that's a great mindset to have because you're gonna succeed either way like hitting your full potential like you're gonna do it regardless as long as you do the training like as long as you trust your coaches and you understand there's gonna be setbacks and things aren't gonna go your way but I mean the the more time you put into it like the more chance that you're going to have to be successful especially at that goal
0: yeah i think if you have that mindset too of just like no matter what i achieve like i'm just going to be proud of whatever like whatever my full potential is then it doesn't matter like if you qualify or you don't and it kind of like doesn't put that pressure on you as an athlete Um, whereas like, if you have someone's like, I define success as being top 10 at the games. And if I don't get there, anything less than that is not what I want and not successful. And so then, then you have to deal with, okay, so like, what happens if you don't ever make it there? Like, are you going to feel successful? Um, because like, you're going to spend a significant amount of your life doing this. And if you don't feel fulfilled and you don't feel happy and like, you feel like you have success in your life like you're gonna be depressed like I don't care who you are but you're gonna not be happy in life if you get if you have that viewpoint whereas like this way I feel like it doesn't matter if you qualify or not as long as you are content with reaching your personal full potential um I think it kind of just helps like long term you know like your whole journey not just like right now or not just like okay I'm gonna only care about competing at the games and that's the only thing I ever want in life. Um, and you hear a lot of athletes say that and I'm always like interested in hearing their why and like how they view success and like I'm just curious like I'd love to ask them like how would you feel if you didn't qualify for the games and you never did and how would you learn to be okay with that? Um, because the chances are very slim. And so I think it's like in a sport like this, where this, the chances are very slim, you have to, you have to do a lot of mental work and you have to really think about your why.
1: I think athletes and people who aren't competing at anything should take that mindset, like reaching your full potential. You can be successful on the outside and be making a shit ton of money, but only, you know, if you're reaching your full potential, if you're like truly doing the things that are required to to reach whatever that is like um you know everything's like the outside like how much money you make how many followers you have where you're landing on the podium but you know in your heart like are you doing the work that is required or are you not so I think uh I think that's really good for people to uh take a look at
0: yeah I think it can be that mindset can be applied to anywhere in life not just if you're an athlete like if you're a business person and like you're working, um, as like a stockbroker, like if that's your entire life, like you take that mindset and you apply it to that. And I think that it would be really really beneficial too.
1: For sure. Well, where can people follow you if they want to keep up to date on your CrossFit journey?
0: Um, my Instagram is Carly Giannotti, my name and then an underscore.
1: Okay, sweet. So maybe the open, maybe not, but, uh, I'm sure you'll keep us updated. Yeah. Well, cool. Thanks for coming on the podcast. This was fun.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah, it was great to talk to you.